Hey there! Welcome to episode 70 of the Authors Read podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Brian W. Conway, and he'll read from his book, Sandusky Burning. My novel, Sandusky Burning, is a fictional tale of suspense that takes place on a campground along Lake Erie in north central Ohio. I was inspired to write it while camping alone in my RV in that area several years ago. Our air conditioner needed to be repaired, so I drove the 60 miles from the suburbs of Cleveland and worked from the camper while awaiting the repairman. I had rarely spent a moment alone there without my family, and I looked at my surroundings from a different perspective. The transient, wide-open nature of campgrounds could provide a fertile environment for shady activities. I envisioned an underworld that preyed on resort town tourism and let my imagination run wild from there. Sandusky Burning is written in first-person points of view from several different characters. The chapter I have selected to read is the tenth from our protagonist, Brady Sullivan. Friday, June 19th, 12.55 p.m. The train horn pulled me out of my deep sleep. I laid still with my eyes closed. A wave of dizziness swept over me. I dared not open my eyes. The sun was definitely out because it was trying to pierce my eyelids. I put my hands up to my face and covered it, sliding them down below my chin. My head was throbbing. My throat was parched. I was dehydrated. I was fairly sure I hadn't drank water in a long time. I felt the bed vibrate slightly from the passing train. I finally opened my eyes slightly. There was a layer of crust on them around the tear ducts. I squinted and wiped it away, with, which took a few attempts. I was staring up at a dusty brown faux wood ceiling fan. The master bedroom in my camper did not have a ceiling fan. This jolted my eyes wide open. I looked around and realized I did not know where I was. It took me a moment to recognize I was in one of the campground cabins. Marcy's parents had stayed in one for the weekend last summer, and we spent some time in theirs on a rainy day. The same plain white curtains that blocked very little sunlight. Fake wood floors and paneled walls. A beat-up wooden nightstand with a black digital alarm clock and a small lamp with a yellowing white lampshade on it. The alarm clock was blinking 4.47 a.m., which was obviously incorrect due to the bright sunlight. I glanced down at my watch, but it was dead. The battery power was running low yesterday evening, but I figured I would charge it when I got home. Except I didn't make it home. The air was dusty and stale. I ran my right hand through my hair and found that I was sweating. The room wasn't particularly hot. It was the alcohol seeping out of my pores. Where was my phone? I reached down to check my pockets and I realized I was in bed naked. That was not how I generally slept. I always wore gym shorts to bed. I leaned over and looked at the floor. My jeans were wadded up by my black belt still wound through the loops. Stretching over, I grabbed them, revealing that my shirt was underneath them. I could tell by the weight of my pants that there were items in the pockets. My phone was in the front left pocket. Pressing the button on the right side, I discovered it was dead. I cursed to myself. My wallet was in the back right pocket. Everything seemed to be intact. Driver's license, credit cards, money. Wait, I was missing my Discover card. I left it at the bar with Sam. Slipping on my clothes, I went to the kitchen area. There was no sign of any other cohabitants. 
My keys were on the kitchen table. Opening the cupboard, I found a drinking glass. I ran the kitchen faucet for a moment until the water was cold, then filled it up. I slowly drank half the glass. Pausing for a moment to see how my stomach handled it, I belched and waited. A wave of nausea hit me. Recalling that the bathroom was at the opposite end of the cabin, I walked swiftly over. I got to the toilet and threw up. It was all pale brown liquid. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Daniels has left the building. I dry heaved a few times and then flushed the toilet. Returning to the kitchen, I took the glass and filled my mouth with water. After swishing it around, I spit it out into the sink. I did it again and then dared a tiny sip of it. It didn't come back up. Leaning against the counter for a moment, I risked another sip. It stayed down. I opened the fridge to see if there were any bottled waters, but it was empty. I stood in front of it for a moment, savoring the cold air that was escaping. I walked over and peeked out from the front window. My truck was not parked in front. I prayed that it was still at the bowling alley or at my campsite. Walking back to my RV seemed like a nightmare, but I couldn't stay in the cabin. How did I end up in the cabin? Running it made no sense, with my own camper a short walk away. I found my running shoes by the door, with my black socks wadded up and stuffed inside of them. I put them on and opened the door. The sun assaulted my vision. I didn't know where my sunglasses were. Hopefully they were in my vehicle, wherever my vehicle was. I stepped out and looked around. The cabin was along the east side of the campground, separated by a fence from the auto dealership, about 200 yards from my RV. I began the journey to my camper. I reached the playground area and headed west. Kids were bouncing on the jumping pillow and playing on the swing sets. What time was it? The sun seemed too high in the sky for it to be morning, which made my stomach churn with anxiety. I cut through between the pool and the clubhouse and angled across to Starling. The tree cover was the street, Above the street was a godsend. Nausea hit me again as I approached the gazebo. A few people were out and waved at me. There were a few smirks as they watched me walk past. I remembered the term walk of shame from my military and college years. A woman or man would engage in a one-night stand and then have to return to her car or dorm wearing the same clothes she had worn the night before, all disheveled and hungover. That was me, minus the one-night stand. But then again, I woke up naked in a random cabin, and there was a fuzzy memory of a girl at the bar. My truck was parked in front of the camper and not at the bowling alley or some back-alley chop shop. Thank God. I peered into the passenger window and saw it was locked. I walked over to the front door of the camper and pulled out my keys. I fumbled through them trying to find the correct one, the one with the purple plastic cover at the top. It was missing. Luckily, I had an extra one. I stooped down beside the camper on the right side of the main doorsteps, slotting my hand over until I found the little metal box, the magnetically attached to a metal reinforcement underneath. I entered the combination and removed the key, letting myself into the camper. I had left the air conditioning on and it was cool inside. I opened the fridge, took out a bottle of water, and took a small drink. My stomach continued to hold the water down. I took my phone out and connected it to the charging cord in the bedroom. 
Stripping out of my clothes, I went into the bathroom. My reflection in the mirror startled me. My hair was greasy. There were dark bags underneath my eyes. My skin was pale and sweaty. I looked terrible. Death warmed over. And I had just paraded in front of the neighbors in that condition. Why didn't I go up Sparrow and cut through Chris's lot? There would have been far fewer eyes on me if I approached from that direction. I ran the shower and got in, washing thoroughly. I almost threw up again, but managed not to. As soon as I got out of the shower, I would need to take a few aspirins and log into my work laptop. I finished the shower and grabbed my phone, pushing the button on the side to illuminate the screen. My jaw dropped. It read 1.09 p.m. That couldn't be true. I pulled my work laptop out and opened it. The government common access card was still in the slot, so I pulled it out and reinserted it. I entered my pin and booted it up. I glanced down at the clock at the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. It read 1.11 p.m. My stomach lurched. I barely made it to the bathroom to throw up again. I heard the phone make a series of dinging noises as the texts and voicemails that had queued up while it was dead began to arrive. I'd like to thank Brian for sharing his book with us today. And thank you for listening to the Authors Read Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read Podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!